Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Remix Podcast. Uh, my name's Mari. And I'm Stacy. Welcome back. It's been like four Forever. months or something. Forever. And the very first piece of news is that a Katamari remake for the Switch is coming out, and I'm really, really excited about it because Katamari is one of my favorite games, and every time I stream it, people go, what game is this? And they get really irrationally upset that people, more people don't know. That people don't know what this is. <laughs> to the point where I think I'm going to make a history of the Katamari. It's a really good soundtrack. It's such a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. In fact, I kind of want to play the background it in the background of this podcast. It, um, it slaps, and it's totally okay because we won't get copyright things. So I'm just going to put Katamari soundtrack. And we'll put that on quiet. And then, yeah, nice and quiet. It's nice and quiet. Even quieter. So you can all enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Quietly, and it'll also cover up the background noise. So okay, I love Katamari Damacy. It's basically you play as the emotionally abused child of the king of the galaxy, and uh, king of the universe or whatever. And he just tells you like, it's your fault that I accidentally broke all the stars. So now you need to go to Earth and roll up balls so it can turn them into stars and planets. Mm-hmm. And then if you fail, he berates you emotionally, and then you have to try again. But there's, like, this nonsensical storyline to all of them, and I really love them. It's coming out December 7th, so... Ooh, number of players. Two players simultaneously. Mm. That's new. But so the, I think this is a remake of the original Katamari Damacy, from what I know. But it's just... It's great. And he sucks you up with a rainbow when you're done with levels. and There's just... It's nothing wrong with it. The soundtrack is great, and everything is good. So mm. we played it in the background of a we played it in the background of a podcast once. Yeah, didn't we? because everybody needs to know about how great this is. Are you listen, you want to listen to the music? I'm seeing if the music is playing. Yeah, it's slapping in the background. Don't worry, it's there. Okay. Okay, so. What else is there? So Netflix has announced it's Netflix has announced that it's going to be making a new Cowboy Bebop live action series, and as you can imagine, everyone was like, "Oh no!" Because there's uh, never I don't think there's ever been a good live action anime. Okay, like. so there were okay, so I'm just gonna use Death Note as an example because that is is specifically uh! Yeah Yeah <laughs> because that is specifically a Netflix live action anime adaptation and everyone was just like what the fuck is this? Like Willem Dafoe as the the Shinigami. Yeah, that w- it was, I was really like, good. I was like, really looking forward and that to was, that. That was like, and I remember being so excited, and he's actually like really good in that role, but like pretty much the rest of it is just like awful. Um, <clears throat> and there were also a bunch of Japanese versions. Oh yeah, there was like a Japanese TV show. There was a Japanese other TV show. There were yeah. a series of movies based off of Death Note, and a musical. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me look it up for you since this Katamari soundtrack is giving me anxiety. I was like, is this at the right levels? But uh, let's see. Death Note 
musical. I won't have the music on. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, Here. you can see, like, I'm just going to skip through. <laughs> see? Ah. There, that. <laughs> oh, this one has subtitles on it. The one I found before didn't have subtitles, so I was just watching in complete Japanese. Oh, it's Japanese. Misa Misa. Yeah, oh. yeah. Wow. So this is the musical, death, the Death Note the Musical. It's very intense. Um, That's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> El did narrow him down to the Kanto region for us. Them singing. It, it's Death Note to Musical. And from what I'm told, there's lots of musicals based off of anime in Japan. What? I, okay. I okay. mean, why not? I don't even know what this is. Oh, wait, is she supposed to be... Isn't that the the female Shinigami? The or... female uh, coded Shinigami. Yeah. I don't want to invalidate I mean, like, we any. We, we, we could tell from her hair. That's all you can really tell. Yeah. You're like, oh, Purple Streak. She must be I mean, Lisa Misa's Shinigami. To be honest, I just, because of like the light colors, like that's how she... The, I, no, she, I could tell too yeah. because of the, the hair. Yeah, and her outfit kind of, like... Looks psychic, like yeah, for sure. She has those light colors. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Wow. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, so, as we were saying, so, Cowboy Bebop, live action, everyone is scared. Uh, I just love how, like, this should be something that's, like, so exciting. <laughs> and instead, everyone was like, no! <laughs> like, I think you'd really like Cowboy Bebop. If you like watch the whole thing, I've I've watched part of it. it. It's so hard because it was on Adult Swim and they always like showed three episodes and you're like, where are the other ones? Yeah, I mean, I started watching it at one point. I just didn't get very far into it. I remember there was one episode. This is really vague. Like I have to. I know it's on Hulu, and I've always wanted to just watch it beginning to end. But the one episode that always stood out to me was Faye was on this planet of all men. For some reason. What are you talking about? Faye. Faye. Is, you're talking about Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Okay. Faye. Okay. Here, let me go. Cowboy Bebop Faye. She's 300 years old. Faye yeah. Valentine. So she's on a planet of all dudes, and then she meets a person who fought in a war, and because of the war, the person was... Okay, so I'm trying to use this in terms of modern terms, not how they described it in the show, but, like, male-identifying, but then they had boobs. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was shocked by this, and then they, like, fell in love or something. It was wild. It was a really cool episode to me. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, how are they going to translate that into live action? I don't know. I feel like a lot of the style and the the movement and the action is really hard to translate from animation into live action because it it would like cost more, right? I mean, and also one of the issues is that with anime, you just get things that are so like off the wall and like not practical to translate into live action. Yeah, you know. I know that the for Death Note there was I for in my opinion, from what I saw of the Death Note live actions that was not Netflix and it wasn't whitewashed, is 
they were basically, what if we put all the fan fiction ideas into the live action ideas, and so then all the fans were like, yeah, I would like a version where Light secretly does love Misa Misa, like, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I don't know, I didn't watch the Netflix version of Death Note, because it, it, they just changed too much, and then Misa Misa was suddenly, like, just an alternative goth girl that nobody So dork. the issue that I end up having <clears throat> with a lot of the... There's a couple issues that I end up having with the live-action versions, which is, one, that they tend to make light into, like, an angry loser, which, like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, like, not being popular. I more mean that, like... His character is supposed to be, like, conniving, and, like, he's the top of his class. Like, they... they he's an anti-hero in the most literal sense. Well, they literally... They change his character completely so that he's more relatable to, like... Dorks. Dorks. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be weak. <laughs> well, it's just, it, like, it's not how the character is originally portrayed in the anime. I think... I think the the mistake people make when Americans try to do with the Netflix remake and stuff, mm -hmm. and even with the um, Japanese remakes and stuff, they do try to make him more relatable to dorks. But mm -hmm. I guess they're trying to make it more relatable to mainstream audiences, quote-unquote, without giving people the chance that maybe mainstream audiences do want somebody who really is that different. Well... What, they, what they're doing is they're making him more into the type of person that you would think would become, like, that, like, murderer. You know what I mean? In the media, you always see, they're like, he's a lone wolf, like, he didn't have any friends, blah, 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 so he murdered people. And that's not really how Light is in the original anime. In the original anime, it's like, he has everything going for him. He could have anything he wants. And then he one day, like, just gets this notebook and decides that he should be God. Yeah, which I think some people talk about where, like, I saw a post on Tumblr. I know, it's like a post on Tumblr. Edgy. Really, like, newsflash. But... Someone was like, in real life, a lot of people who are evil are the people who've lived the most privileged lives because they have no concept of what it is to be on the receiving end of something that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, that was interesting. But also, one thing I really liked about Light, Light's uh, story arc is he starts off as a genuinely good person. And he's given this power... And he goes from, like, a good person to literally a murdering monster and so quickly because I thought that was a really interesting concept of how, like, absolute power corrupts all absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because people, I'm not saying, don't take me as a tanky, okay? I'm not defending Stalin. Some people's interpretation of Stalin was that he originally did genuinely want to help people, and then he became the monster that he was. Yeah. And that happened to a lot of communist leaders where they genuinely did want to help, and then they got all this power, and then they didn't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. That's what was so interesting to me. And then at the midpoint were spoilers about... Death Note, I'm sure everybody... Spoilers about communism. Spoilers about communism. <laughs> communism spoilers. <laughs> Where he gives up the power of the Death Note and forgets everything about yeah. knowing it. And yeah. he becomes a good person again, genuinely. I thought that was such an interesting thing that you don't really see in media where 
it was really driving home the point that the the power of the death note the allure of that power and not wanting to give it up and not wanting to lose was a major contributing factor to his evilness mm -hmm. and how someone who's really intelligent once you give them the the lust for power that really can do it well he that you don't even give him the lust for power, you just give him the power. And then he and doesn't it, want to give it up. Yeah, and then it corrupts, and he decides that... <laughs> it's like that whole, like, like, could I be God? Should I be God? I am Am God. I God? I'm I God. <laughs> it was so quick, too, because he was like, I don't want to use this, like, as a joke, because what if it's true? And then he only uses it on bad people. And then the second... L starts to just be like, uh, let me just challenge you the slightest because like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill the FBI. I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. Just immediately, no holding back at all. And you're like, dude, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, so with, but with the live action, I feel like that's why everybody's so afraid of the cow Cowboy Bebop because one, it's really hard to conceptualize how they would translate that to live action. I really think you should watch it beginning to end, because it's basically Blade Runner anime. Yeah. But in space. Uh, and also because Netflix doesn't maybe have a good track record with doing this. Translating animes? Yeah. Well, to be fair, nobody has ever made a good live action anime, which is why I googled Full Metal Alchemist live action. This poor kid with a wig on. Wow. The worst blonde wig in the world. <sighs> Oof. And then, like, I keep being tempted, like, do I want to watch the live-action version yes. of Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah. And I'm like, no. See, I find it really fun to watch stuff like that. But I really liked Full Metal Alchemist. I watched the first oh. series, and then I watched Brotherhood, because mm -hmm. I was, like, super into it. I always I love people's reactions to watching it as they're watching it, uh, because like you can predict exactly what's gonna happen and what they're gonna feel. Like when they meet the little girl and the dog, and I'm like, I'll wait, I'll wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, do you want to move on? Yeah. Okay. So Telltale's Minecraft is coming to Netflix. So what they're oh, going to yeah. do is that when it comes to different decisions, you can choose where it's going. So basically, it's like the really old version of those DVDs that were Choose Your Own Adventure yep. or Choose Your Own Adventure book, which, to be honest, it kind of reveals the Telltale formula too clearly. <laughs> yeah. Just how little you have to do. But at the same time, I also appreciate it as something coming to Netflix as something fun for kids and it might be fun for older adults too like can you imagine like a scary thing but not through the the same kind of idea but like for Halloween and then it's like what are the characters gonna do now oh, and you, you mean you mean can I imagine until dawn yeah you know I mean that's pretty much what until dawn is until dawn is just Make a decision, go this way or that way. Like, try to go out the window or go through the, you know... Yeah, except this is a lot more accessible to people who don't have... But what I mean is that, game like... machines, that know? That is a... The horror movie aspect that you're talking about. Yeah, I so think that would be So they could take that and make it... 
And and it was or a romance or a romance story on Netflix. And it would finally allow viewers the ability, like when they're when you know when when you're like, oh, don't open the door, you idiot! You don't open the door. But then you have to open some other door, you know. So you, I really think it would be really fun if Netflix explored this with romance. That'd be fun. Uh, horror, because then you imagine House on Haunt the ha Haunting of Hill House or mm -hmm. whatever, and doing something along those lines with that idea. Don't change House uh, Haunting of Hill House. That was good. But just, I think that's a really interesting idea for Netflix to explore. Mm -hmm. Well, they're trying to, they, I think they're trying to, you know, the benefit that Netflix has over a medium like live television, like Netflix can do something like this mm -hmm. because they can put, like when you're streaming it, they can put up the whole thing and then somebody can like play through it. If you're watching this on live TV, like, you can't. What, you vote during the commercial breaks? Like, yeah, it you doesn't, can't. It, it doesn't work. And then, you know. Or, you know, the best way you could have used to be able to do it was, like, with a DVD or a VHS by rewinding or really go OG analog with those Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah, go to page such and such. Yeah, so this is basically, I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun. I think it would be really great for kids who don't have access to game consoles and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Let's go, let's go to your story. Okay. And in more anime news, a Blade Runner anime series is being produced by Adult Swim and Crunchyroll. Which I trust more. I trust live action to anime more than anime to live well, action. Well, you've also got creators of Cowboy Bebop and Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, and Appleseed are all on board for this. Then you know, because... All those people are like, we've been to the future in our minds. We know what to do. Yeah. So there was previously, like, a short anime episode. Here, you keep skipping around, so I can't read it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were reading it. Um, there was previously the 15-minute prequel anime episode to Blade Runner 2049, uh, which was Blade Runner Blackout 2022. So this anime series is going to be... It says it will include some existing Blade Runner characters and that it takes place in 2032, which sets it 17 years before Blade Runner 2049, which is the new one that just came out. A 10 okay, yeah, this is, uh, this is yeah. a lot. Um, so, when Blade Runner Black Lotus does air, it will be shown with an English dub using Adult Swim's Toonami programming block, and it will be subtitled on Crunchyroll's streaming service. So... Guess I have to sign up for Crunchyroll. Yeah, Crunchyroll makes it kind of easy to just like pop in and out. That's that's really annoying. Is because I had a, I have a subscription to Funimation because they put the effort into bringing English dubbing to anime. Because I really like watching anime with dubbing. I know I'm a plebeian swine, but I, that's what I like. Well. I mean, it... But it, then they got rid of the one show that I wanted to really watch over and over forever, The Ancient Magus's Bride, and now it's only on Crunchyroll, but it's not in English, so now I have to buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I mean, so, I don't... There's pros and cons for me of both. One of, one of the things I like about dubs is that 
I can watch without having to be staring at the screen the entire time reading subtitles because mm-hmm. I find it really hard to pay attention that much. Yeah, I um, want to be able to at least look away for one second. Yeah, without completely missing the thread of the story. And also you're staring at the bottom of the screen the whole time. Yeah. Instead of appreciating all the art. Yeah. And However, one of the things that I really enjoy about watching things with subtitles is that sometimes I feel like you, depending on what you're watching, you may get, you may feel like there's more flavor, mm-hmm. you know? Like... Especially if the if the voice acting is really good. Like, you can tell when it's, like, when the voice acting adds to the experience, even though I can't tell what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, I mean, I've watched stuff in languages that I do have a better understanding of, like French, for instance, and I'll still have the subtitles, but I try to, like, listen to the voice, to, like... What's happening? To what's happening, because then, I, I don't know, I feel like you just get... I think with, like, stu- Studio Ghibli movies and The Ancient Mages' Bride, a lot of it comes from the atmosphere, and if I'm focusing too much on the subtitles, I'm missing so much of the atmosphere that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I just... Anyway, I just really love that anime. I want my boyfriend to be an ancient, horrible monster that has a skull for a face, mm-hmm. basically. And everyone's like, wow, the premise sounds really creepy. I'm like, it's not what it sounds like, I promise. <laughs> not as creepy as it sounds. AJ smells like tortilla chips. That's what dogs smell like. Mm. Did you ever hear that dog feet smell like torti- smell like Doritos? No. Smell his foot? Yeah. Yeah, they smell like Doritos. You know what? Cause, yeah, he smells like corn chips. If you, t- if you smell your dog at home, <laughs> smell, if you have a dog at home. If you have a dog, sm- grab them right now. Smell their feet. Do they smell like Doritos? Huh. Yeah, dog feet smell like Doritos. It's a universal truth. Unless they're puppies. Puppies usually smell like nothing because they, you know, usually babies and puppies and any sort of animal that's a, like a young animal usually has a neutral smell so predators can't pick up on them. Mm-hmm. Then they get older and they smell like Doritos. And they smell like dirt. And Doritos. <laughs> I wonder if older humans smell like Doritos. Well, there's only one way to find out. We have to find some old people. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, can I smell your feet? Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, it's not extremely interesting, but the creator of Stardew Valley, Concerned Ape, left. What's it called? Chucklefish? And now they're self-publishing. And I just thought that was an interesting little thing, because this was just a guy who had been working on something where... Basically, a bunch of people were like, I wish there was more Harvest Moon, but it didn't have as much Harvest Moon bullshit, and nobody was making it, and this one guy was like, I'll make it for mm-hmm. five years, and I always just remember his girlfriend was in graduate school or something, and he was working on this game, so he just basically had no money forever, and then he made this game, he's basically a multimillionaire now, Yeah, and he had... Chucklefish to do all the distributing, make the wiki, do all the cool stuff, and now he feels like he knows enough that he can do his own thing. And he's making a new game based on witches. I think it's called Spellbound. I can't be sure. But I'm really looking forward to it because I love his style, and it takes place in the same world. So it's going to be published by him mm-hmm. and his team. I'm just super excited about it. It sounds super cool. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Stardew Valley, but with witches? That's, 
my dream. Yeah, I, I kind of imagine it like the graveyard Stardew Valley. Yeah, but... But witches. But witches. Yeah. It's supposed to be, I think, at a witch academy. It takes place on the same planet, but yeah. that's cool to me. So, Red Dead Redemption is getting, is in the, the Red Dead Online beta has been out for two days. Yep. And as of recording this, as of the making of this article, and people are complaining that everything's too expensive, and that beans are basically worth more than gold rings. They fucked up their economy. Well, here's the thing. Maybe they didn't fuck up the economy. They just fucked up with the economy in the way that players don't like. Mm. Because beans, obviously, you eat them. Gold rings, you don't eat those. Yeah. But so you eat the beans and... Then the beans are gone. They basically made it so in order to maintain your player and your horse, because you know you have to feed your horse and you have to feed your player. Yeah. Player character. <laughs> and yourself in real life. God, everything costs money. Um... Basically, you have to do all these missions just to maintain your existence in the online. This beta. sounds way too much like life. I know this is fucking you bullshit. Have to, you have to do all these things just to stay alive. I know. Basically, online Red Dead Redemption is too realistic. It costs too much fucking money to live. Everyone's like, God, I'm poor in real life and I'm poor online. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the like argument. And in order to buy things, everything costs like a thousand fucking dollars <laughs> to buy anything. And people are complaining, like, it takes 65 fucking dollars to modify my gun on the online thing. And so, well, one person was like, you know what they're doing? They're making it so technically you don't have to buy the microtransactions. Yeah. But in order to afford literally anything beyond existing, you have to buy the microtransactions. So... Rockstar basically uh, made real life into a video game, but worse. This, well, okay, so I know that everybody's always like, oh, microtransactions, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't have to do them, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the thing is, is that if they set it up like this. The way that they set it up, or, like, for instance, in, um, what was it? I don't mind microtransactions in free-to-play games because I'm like, okay, that makes sense. If I bought your fucking game, well, I don't want microtransactions. I think it's in, a, in Assassin's Creed, the new one, Odyssey. In Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they have, there's a, a microtransaction, I believe it's in the, that game, where you can pay essentially so that you level up faster. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's such... But, like, the thing is, is that, like, okay, I get it, so you're assuming that the people who have more money than they have time are going to want to pay so that they don't have to do the grinding to, like, level up and everything. But that if you're means... Gonna ma- that means you made the game grindy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> On like, purpose. What, like, the problem with, like, a lot of these, like, microtransaction things is that it means that, like, the way that they constructed the game is to be a bunch of grindy bullshit that, like, they didn't focus on... Like, they could have spent that time... You know, like, spend that effort on, like, making the game actually fun to play instead of being, like, how much can we grind people down so that they'll pay us more money? That's what makes... Drives me absolutely nuts about this... The economy of Red Dead Online in its current state is, basically, they've made real life. It costs... All of your money, it co- they get like $2. To put it in perspective, if you do a 
uh, a quest, you get a $2 reward. Uh-huh. And then you loot bodies, <laughs> and you get whatever, however much. And so you only make enough money to feed yourself and your horse. Not enough to save up. Especially not enough to save up to get a $900 shotgun. And some people are being like, playing 1.5 hours a day was not enough to save anything. Yeah. So it's, the economy is stupid, Dutch probably. <laughs> it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> and oh, so God. I just think if you're going to set it up that way, it's fucked up. However, there's a few versions of microtransactions that I think work because I don't think microtransactions in themselves are inherently bad. No. I think they're good for when things like when it's a free to play game like Fortnite where they don't give you any sort of help hmm. with it. That's good. And like you just that's in order to support the game and it doesn't give anybody any sort of edge over other people. Yeah. It's like cool skins. And then in World of Warcraft, they have it set up so that you can buy their players will grind to get gold, and which is the in-game currency. Mm -hmm. And you can trade in gold for a WoW token, which is basically equal to one month of World of Warcraft subscription. So they can sell that to other players who have less time to grind gold, and they'll pay. What basically is happening is they're trading gold for a subscription. Yeah. And now I think also you can use WoW tokens to buy other stuff from Blizzard, like stuff from Overwatch and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that type of economy of people who have lots of time and no money versus people who have money and no time. And then they can trade. They can trade within the same economy of the game. I think that's helpful because of, of something like an MMO needs a dynamic like that where people are willing to play a lot and mm -hmm. other people who are willing to not play so much but also give you the money. Like That's a good trade-off. That's a good economy to keep to have a healthy player base. Mm -hmm. Not talking about any current things happening in World of Warcraft. Uh, fix your game. Um, <clears throat> but I think there are ways to have free-to-play games or games that can be free-to-play if you have a lot of time. That can be helpful. But when you fucking bought the game for 60 goddamn dollars or more, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And then move... I Go I ahead. feel like the one that the one that makes me the the most the one that irritates me the most is stuff that allows you to bypass grind because <clears throat> when the stuff that transactions that allow you to bypass grind when you've already paid full price for a game because they designed the game to be you, grindy. Yeah, then you design then like what they did is they designed the game to have a bunch of bullshit that like you know, why would you design your game to have tons of grind? <laughs> Unless you're trying to, like, get people to pay money. Like, in an ideal world, quote-unquote, like, you wouldn't... There's a reason they call it grind. Like, mm -hmm. some people enjoy going out and, like, I don't know, like, killing a couple monsters. and But, but when that's the experience for everybody and you have to pay, like, additional money on top of the price of the game to bypass that, like... What you should get for grind is not, like, something that you need, but, like, a bonus. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like... Remember when we were like, oh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is out for pre-orders? And I looked up, and it was 
what, it was like two hundred fucking dollars to get the version to have the early version. I was like, never mind, I'm out. Yeah, leave me alone. It's where you get to play it like two days early. Yeah, they know, and they know the value of that to people like us, and you're just fucked. (sighs) Speaking of microtransactions, getting fucked, Bethesda offers 500 atoms to customers affected by Fallout 76 bag gate. So in case you don't know, people who got the special edition of Fallout 76. It was like a $200 special edition. Yeah. Yeah, $200. So this goes far. This goes deep. But on top of that, just the fact that there's microtransactions in Fallout 76 in a full price $60 game, and they're like, oh, all future DLC is going to be free, they'll be paid for by the microtransactions. And I'm like, okay, well, your game fucking sucks, so I know what your deal is about. You're not going to make any goddamn DLC. Yeah. Um, Well, that's like, you know, you're giving people the promise of, like, something that may not even happen, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, yeah, you'll get free DLC. I don't care about, like, you know? Like, you you could end up producing nothing or stuff that's not even very good or stuff that, you, that people don't want. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway... So there was basically a $200 special edition of Fallout 76 that include, it was supposed to include a canvas duffel bag. And a helmet that you can wear. Yes. As people haven't really been complaining about the helmet, but this is literally a trash bag. Yeah. It's so cheap. I'm pretty sure, you know, factory cost of this is 15 cents. Yeah. But here's where it goes even deeper. Okay, so people email being like, what the fuck? And so they offer 500, do- 500 atoms for the in-game shop. Which is the in-game currency, which gets you, like, nothing. It gets you... Like a plant. It doesn't even give you enough to get the skin that has the canvas bag. <laughs> <laughs> There's a skin in the game that has the canvas bag, and it doesn't even... Which is 700 atoms. And you only get 500. 500 isn't enough. 500 atoms gets you, like, a door and some potted plants. Mm-hmm. Or, not and, or one lamp. (laughs) (laughs) It's technically, it's the design for it. You still have to fucking get all the parts for it. To craft it. To craft it. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking wild. It's fucking wild. So, basically, Bethesda was like, oh, like, we had to switch because of, like, materials and blah, blah, blah. We didn't have enough money because we're Bethesda and somehow we don't have enough money. Okay. They also said, they initially said that, like, they weren't going to do anything about it. Like, when people wrote to them and they were like, hey, like, what the heck? And they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, this is the one that has, this is the only one that has a canvas back and you can't, (laughs) you can't get it. And guess what? Here's where it goes even deeper. Ooh. So Bethesda, of course, flew out a bunch of influencers. Mm. And guess what they gave them? Did they give them canvas bags? Yes! (laughs) They gave them canvas bags! Oh. (laughs) My God. That's right. (laughs) They gave them free canvas bags. However, filled filled with merch for free. Wow. Flew them out. For free. Gave them all the stuff for free. <laughs> They're clearly different bags, but presumably cre- presumably created for different reasons. However, 
Everyone was incensed. This is a Eurogamer.net article that we're uh, getting our information from, just in case, so we don't like be stealing their their hot take quotes. Their, yeah. But notice that goodie bag unboxing videos by content creators and influencers on YouTube include a Fallout 76 canvas duffel bag swag that was given away to, at a Fallout 76 event in October. Sweet. So, they did not have enough money to make canvas bags for the people who paid actually to paid for them. For paid for them, but they did have enough money to make canvas bags. That arguably, that's a nicer canvas bag. Yeah, um, with leather work straps and, and everything. Straps and everything. <laughs> okay. Wow! Ultimate betrayal, and people are con are. Uh, Comparing it to... Top 10 anime betrayals. Top 10 anime betrayals and the Infinity Stones debacle, which I didn't know about. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to just Google Infinity Stones pre-order bullshit or something. Uh, well, what? Pre-order. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is what they promised. Like beautiful, glistening stones, <laughs> and you got Easter, Easter eggs. <laughs> you got like those plastic Easter eggs. What? Yeah. So fans that purchased a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite's two hundred dollar collector's edition bundle not only received the latest blah, 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 collector's items, blah blah blah, statues, uh, promotional images took his statues alongside one other edition, a decorative case housing six Infinity Stone replicas. The bit about dynamic replicas has those who pre-ordered scratching their heads a bit as what they got was really not expected. Based on their promotional images, they're expected to be six vibrant precious jewels. However, what they got were pastel colored egg-shaped rocks that light up. Look at them. Look at them lit up. Yeah. <laughs> they're light up Easter eggs. <laughs> I know. I, it, it's not even like a cut glass. I mean... What on the left? The left looks like luminous, beautiful. See, and you powerful can, you gems. You can do that by just like a gem-looking, like clear like, glass, clear plastic, even. or even plastic. Yeah, and just like put a little switch on the bottom with like a Christmas light inside or whatever. You nope, know? nope, nope. You don't get it. You don't understand, Stacy. Wow, it's too expensive to do anything. Okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, so, um... So, yeah, good times had by all. <laughs> so, um, now we have fan questions. Yeah, so we have a couple questions. Okay, so I actually want to jump to this, because I feel... Somebody asked us for our thoughts on this. So, this, um... I don't know who the person is that asked this question. Um... Uh, what is the question? In the meantime... They were asking us for our thoughts on it. On what, though? On what that image said. But I'm trying... I want... Okay. Tyler Cedarwall had posted about this. Can I... Uh, Tyler what? At Tyler. At Tyler... Underscore. Underscore. S-E-D. S-E-D. There you go. That guy. Okay. You can... You can try to pull it up. It's it's from the twenty sixth of September though, so I don't think you're Okay, gonna... well I just wanna here. We got we got his timelines. So we can 
so just tell me what's the quest. Uh, okay, so no, okay. somebody else had screenshotted this and asked us for our thoughts about it. So this guy had said, do you think that people should wait a couple months before they let's play games so people can't just get the story from YouTube rather than paying the company for the work that they did? Do you think people let's playing strictly story-based games the day they come out hurts their sales? Do you think this might be why Telltale Games is going out of business? No. So this is a very complicated answer because there's some Let's Play purists who for some reason decided that Let's Playing is an art and should never be questioned, but I think that there's a difference between playing a game and watching a game, and... I don't think Let's Plays are the reason that Telltale, I mean, that, yeah, that Telltale went out of business no. because Telltale's quality, and there's multiple videos that say this much better than me that I can't remember the name of, but they, I think Jim Sterling did a, did a video on it, well, along with uh, Super Bunny Hop. Mm -hmm. Both of them made really good videos about why they failed, and basically it was that they got a formula, and instead of, like, they stuck with it, but they never tried to innovate, innovate make it better. Um, they stayed with the same engine, and they overworked their people, and they oversaturated the market with, with the same idea over and over and over again. So, no, I don't think that Let's Plays do that. If on every level, to everyone, the coverage people get from YouTube, whether it be big names or small games, they they are the reason, they it's basically free marketing. It's why Nintendo just recently, thinking the same thing as this guy who thinks, oh, Telltale went under because of Let's Plays, Nintendo just changed their policy so that people can monetize Let's Plays because they too now realize that the It's free marketing. It's free marketing. Yeah. It's free marketing. If you have a good game, it's free marketing. Well, and like, look at something like Life is Strange, how much that blew up because people played it and saw it on YouTube. They saw it on YouTube. And the people who are not going to buy the game are, are, people, not are not people who otherwise would have bought it. They're people who don't have enough money. And so the people who watch Let's Plays and don't have enough money, like people who are watching my Pokemon Let's Play, a lot of them are saying, I'm so thankful for you playing this because I don't have enough money to buy a Switch and then this game. But you know what they are doing? They're spreading word about Pokemon. They're making um, fan art about Pokemon. Yeah. And they're having discussions about Pokemon. So eventually, they when they do have enough money to get a Switch, that's the game that they're going to buy. So I think what you're saying is... I just want to reiterate this because... Okay. So the, how I think about it is... The person who is watching a Let's Play and is like, I'm watching this and not going to buy the game, in my opinion, they weren't going to buy it anyway. Yeah. So the company is not missing out on that person's money mm -hmm. because of a Let's Play. That person was either not going to buy it in the first place, either because they didn't have money or because they didn't want to. Mm -hmm. um, or... Or they were on the fence about it and made the decision based on the Let's Play, which is reasonable and they should be allowed to do that. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of the times we get comments being like, I wasn't going to buy this, but now that I have seen it and seeing it with your reactions and how you guys see it and I have a better appreciation of it, I am going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't even know this game existed. Which is the best case scenario because it's like, oh, we're introducing this person to something that they never would have known about otherwise. Yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of times, yeah, people are either choosing to take it or not take it. And that's good stuff. And there's a huge difference between watching someone play a game, even if it's a telltale game, and playing it. It's just so vast. Even if I was, like, making fun of it earlier with the Netflix thing, there's a difference between watching and being involved, which is why the Netflix series, it's important that they have that feedback of, I'm choosing which direction to go in, you know? Well, that's the whole reason why... Whenever we play anything, there's a whole bunch of people yelling at us in the comments about either making the wrong decision or missing something or not looking at something for long enough. It's because when you're playing the game, you get to make those decisions for yourself. You're in control. And you, so like if somebody wants to just like breeze past all the diary entries or they want to spend all the time like touching all the things in the environment or they're like, hey, like that's really not what I would have said mm -hmm. in to that character, or I would have romanced somebody else. Like, I mean, sure, you can go try to look up a bunch of different videos to try and like find what you missed, but you're not really going to get the same experience as if you just played the game yourself I and also, did it your way. I also think that Let's Plays, along with other gaming content like, oh, Easter eggs or discussion topics or theories or people just like be talking about it, you know, I think that that helps the fan base grow and solidify yeah. because a lot of comments I get are like, I watched seven different Let's Plays of this because I want to see different people's reactions and I want to feel like, because a lot of people, a lot of people are gamers and they, they have a hard time finding other gamers in real life to talk about mm -hmm. the thing that they love. So when they watch a Let's Play of a game they already played by themselves, it's so that they can be like, Un so they can feel like, oh, another person like feels how I feel, or another person doesn't feel how I feel, or whatever, and it it solidifies the community, and it, it grows a fan base rather than shrinks it, in well, my opinion. just look at how many times when we start a new Let's Play, people will come to the video, like... Say, a, I have a ton played... of comments, and they'll be like, hey, I wanted to come comment on your first episode because I'm excited about this, but I'm not going to watch it until I play it myself. And then I'm going to come back. Yeah. And then they do. <laughs> and, then they, and then they come back. Yeah. Or, and then you get a message, like, six months later with somebody being like, hey, I finally finished that game, and now I'm going to go watch your Let's Play. And you're like, like great, good for you. Yeah. Uh, and I also think... Um, definitely for people who can't afford the game, it still brings profit to the game because even though they might not be able to pay, to spend the $20 or the $40 or the $60 in the game, maybe one day they'll be able to buy the comic that comes out mm -hmm. because they love it so much. Or they'll be able to buy a t-shirt or whatever. And they make fan art and they make fan fiction or they talk about it. And that all is valuable. That's free marketing. Well, it's free real estate. And for the games that where um, where I think that this would that you could make a better argument about this would be ones that are uh, not where they don't include choice. Mm -hmm. So I think that like maybe you could make a uh, you could probably just close that now. 
Um, like, where you can make a better case that Let's Plays might impact it mm -hmm. would be, you know, oh, there's no choices, therefore somebody, like, for instance, The Last of Us. Somebody could just watch it, and then, like, they know what happens. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of the people that I've talked to that watch Let's Plays for games like that, mm -hmm. they're, I, they either don't buy it because they don't have the console that it's on. Mm -hmm. And, like... Let's be real, like, not everybody can afford, can afford every console. Like, who, um, not, not many people can just, like, be like, oh, I really want to play that game. I'm going to go, like, spend $400 on, like, a PS4 bundle so that I can play God of War when I don't already have a PS4. Like, mm -hmm. that's just not realistic for a game company to expect that someone is going to do that for their game. Um... Or, for instance, if this person really wants to see, like, a horror game, mm -hmm. but they don't play horror games themselves. Yeah, they're scared. Yeah. They're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Or for people that just, like, you know, aren't very good at games. Mm -hmm. What is this? It's just sunbathing on the moon. <laughs> Stars shining as your bones illuminate. What? It's just a wallpaper. First kiss, just like a drug. <laughs> Under just, your influence. I, I think it's a you translation of the Japanese song that she's dancing to. But this I must be love. It, Boom. Clap. The oh. song in my heart. The beat goes on and on and on and on. And on, and on, on. on. Oh, Boom. yeah. Clap. Yay. Oh, it's doing the the lyrics to the song she's dancing to. Yeah. I have wallpaper. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, <laughs> I put wallpaper engine on in the background. And so that we started reading it. <laughs> because she could not. Yeah. There's an anime girl dancing on my desktop. Sorry, I'm just, I'm used to, like, you know, having to read all the dot, everything that comes up on the screen. All right, Hatsune and Miku is on the, on the background, so you don't have to read anything anymore. Is it playing music? No, it's not. I have it on silent, don't okay. worry. Um, a couple more questions. Uh, well, this one's kind of related. So, Life is Strange 2 just made an announcement that Episode 2 will come out in January. Any thoughts, um, any thoughts? or any opinions on game development and the episodic format or opinions on the fall of Telltale and of develop like the Blues and Bullets developer? Uh, I think that for games that have mysteries in them, I think it's definitely great to have it in episodic form. Yeah. To build up hype and people are like, what's going on? Life is Strange Episode 1. Life is Strange 2 Episode 1, I feel like, didn't really have a mystery and you're like, okay, he has powers, like, I got it. Yeah. I kind of see where this is going, and I'm also emotionally devastated, and I need to go sleep for three days. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think it would have been wise to put more of a mystery in there, but I also respect that they're very French and want to tell a story in a very specific way. You can't tell them what to do. They're French. Sorry. <laughs> I don't make the rules. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the episodic format works for some things um you know like you said games that have a mystery or games where you want people to kind of be able to like theorize about like what's going to happen next but like for instance if it was something like i don't know grand theft auto like what that wouldn't work no because be like what i want more yeah well because and also you know if the game doesn't follow kind of like a like a strict path then there's no way for you to break it up into chunks. Yeah, sometimes they do do this thing where people are like, oh, Resident Evil, there was some Resident Evil game or something that was cut up into chunks, but it didn't have defined... 
beginnings and ends yes. the chunks. They just cut it up. And everyone's like, we should do it like that. So it comes out every two weeks. And I'm like, first of all, you're stupid. Don't talk to me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I'm not. Um, they, you actually have to plan out a beginning and an end to each episode if you're going to do that. It's not kind just of like a TV cut it episode. Up. It's kind of like a TV episode. Like, you want there to be some sort of, like, build up an arc in each episode. Which is interesting because Netflix now, they've kind of changed how episodes work now. Mm-hmm. Where the first five episodes of a show, unless, except for Haunting, Haunted Hill House or whatever it was called. Well, the first, like, five episodes are all like, whoa, what the fuck's happening? And then six through eight, you're like, okay, I don't, I can go to sleep now. Yeah. And then you wake up for episode ten, you're like, oh, things are happening again. Mm-hmm. And then eleven and twelve, you have the, the whatever. But I thought it was interesting with The Haunting of Hill House, the person who directed it actually studied how people watch Netflix, Mm -hmm. and he designed it to be watched in sets of three. Yeah. And I thought that was very smart, how the definition or the concept of how episodes are consumed and made in order to reflect how people are consuming them Mm -hmm. is uh, done. So I just thought that was neat. Well, I was... So I recently watched... Finally had a chance, after much anticipation, finally had a chance to sit down and watch all of the Dragon Prince anime. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend that worked on that show, and, like, I was really excited for it when it came out because, you know, I had been hearing a lot about the development. It was made by, you know, the people that did... Some of the... One of the writers or people... Somehow Avatar was involved. Anyways... Uh, but I really wanted to wait to watch it until I was able to, like, sit down and watch, like, most of it over, like, two or three days. Mm -hmm. Because I found that if I spread something out too much, it, like, I start forgetting stuff. Like, I just don't enjoy it as much. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, even before, you know, I, like... Well, it's kind of like how I don't watch Steven Universe for months at a time. Yeah. And then I binge it all at once. And yeah. And I'm like, I got it. Because I can't, I can't do the, the weekly wait. No. I have to do it all at once. Otherwise, I'm like, that was not, that wasn't enough. Yeah. That was well, not enough for like me. They're like 15-minute episodes. It's not enough. I need more. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I think the episodic format can definitely work well. Also, another thing that really, I think, a benefit of doing something like that is that for something like Life is Strange, where you know you're going to be covering heavy topics, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives the developers a chance to um, course correct if something is not received well by the fan base. Mm -hmm. Not even, like, I don't even mean received well as in, like, oh, we don't like the blah. I mean, like, if something, you know, if something happens in the game and people, like, it makes people upset, because it's like, sometimes you can see stuff like that coming, other times you might not, you might have a blind spot, and you might, like, people might play it, and they might end up with a totally different experience than what you intended. It gives you the chance to be like, oh, in the next episode, we need to make sure, I feel like they did something like that with the original Life is Strange. There was something that in, like, an, a later episode... No, because people were like, Chloe was being mean to um, Kate yeah. because she oh, didn't yeah. psychically know that Kate was upset. And then later Chloe goes, I didn't know that Kate was upset. Sorry about that. And everyone's like, how can people are not omnipresent of other people's emotions? I'm like, I don't know. 
That seems weird that you would not realize that. Yeah. That other people don't know things. Other people can't magically know everything. Yeah. Um, what would you like to see in Super Seducer 3? Uh, lesbian seduction. That'd be fun. Or not lesbian, woman on woman. Or woman woman seduction. But like, horribly done, so I can laugh. (laughs) I feel... More of that, more of that female character. More of that actress? Female actress, because not to say that what's-his-face was doing it wrong. It's just that he didn't commit to the bits as much. Because, to be fair, he's not an actor. Mm-hmm. But she, she was. was. Great. She was She committed to the bits in a way that he wouldn't. So I'm not saying, like, men are better or women are better. I'm just saying that she just was a better actor than he well, is. Well, there was that one guy. There's also that other guy who was also more, like, he was a... Yeah, com- he committed more, He was too. a comedian, so he was also more committed... To the bit, I feel like. I would really like a passive-aggressive, like, um, insult to Stacy and I. I was kind of Oh, I know. I'm like, where's my passive-aggressive, like, death threat? I... I mean, I think it's because we gave, like, genuine, legitimate criticism. Maybe, maybe because that woman who was a model, maybe her name being Anastasia, maybe that was, like, the passive-aggressive thing, and she was a feminist. (laughs) So, I love how being a feminist just means you're tall. <laughs> it, means, it means you're tall. <laughs> she was, yeah, because, and, and I love how it's like, she's a feminist, but she's also supposedly, like, surrounded by all these douchey dudes. If you're, like, if you're a feminist, you're just tall and surrounded by short guys. I don't, what's the deal? What? What? What's, that's what it is, right? But, like, remember how it's like, they're, 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 like, trying to, I don't know, I'd be really irritated if, like, guy friends of mine if I if, like if I was out and like somebody like tried to say shit to me and then like all like my guy friends start <laughs> I just leave because I'd be like you guys are being way too aggro yeah because I'm sure every woman or girl who's ever played online games and you get like a group of friends and then the dudes start getting super aggro for no reason mm-hmm. and you're like I'm just gonna like leave <laughs> That happened to me the other night where I was just. Like, I love how I'm like, talking about like situations with like with real people, and you're like, oh, in yeah. online games that I play, that happens too. Yeah, well, that's my entire experience with humans. So, <laughs> that's like the that's the bring it back to a World of Warcraft. World example. of Warcraft. Well, I wasn't playing World of Warcraft. I was just hanging out in a gamer's lounge. Okay? Oh no! Yeah, that's right. And I was just, like, chilling with my friends, and, like, one person made a gro- joke, and I was like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Like, don't. Yeah. And then everyone was like, yeah, man, what? Like, wh- why you got... I was like, guys, just, like, <laughs> I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. You guys, relax. I can do it. But for stuff that I would actually like to see in Super Seducer 3, um, I feel like... So... One of the things that I noticed when I was thinking back on, um, like, the, the, like, both of those games is that so much of that, so much of it relies on, like, you are in a real life situation trying to pick up a stranger, and I don't know that I've ever really tried to do that, like, maybe, like, a while ago, but I feel like... 
I mean, I don't know. Do other people do that all the time? Because I feel like, for me, what's more likely is, like... It happens to me on public transit. That's it. Yeah. It happens to me. I've never actually... I think the problem but is have I've never... You ever, have you ever tried to pick up a stranger in person? I don't think so. I, I, I don't really go to bars, so I don't know what that situation is. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it, like, there's just... I've never seen somebody that I felt so, like, attracted to that I wanted to. I just feel like it's riskier, because I like being able to look at a person's profile and be like, oh, they're a Trump supporter, goodbye. Like Sometimes I try to hit on people not, still through the internet, but it's usually, like, sending a gif. And if they send a gift back and I'm like, I'm in. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you flirt on the internet. If you send, like, a gift and they send a gift back. Great. That's flirting. That's... That's how you wow. know. <laughs> I don't... You know what I don't You're like? You're like one of those dudes who's like, there's two Ys. We're on to something. It's true, though. Hey with two Ys? That's how you know. But if there's a hey with three Ys? That means she wants the D. She wants it. <laughs> The, we're we're talking about a scene from American Vandal. I actually no I actually was talking about real life because that's like a real thing that people. No think. no no. I agree that it's like, like for when, real. When people add extra letters, hey. it usually means like flirtatious. But what was I gonna say? What was there's like a oh I don't like it when dudes try to people like try to DM me, and I'm like, oh, just tell me right here. He's like, oh, it's kind of personal. I'm like, like, I don't know you, and I know exactly what's going to happen, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's a trick, and I hate, I, it's, and then they're like, you're I just want to hang you're out. You're talking about when people are like, oh, like, I want to talk to you about something. It's personal, and it really just means I want to try to pick you up. Yes, and then I'm like, listen, I'm like, not interested. Like, well, I wasn't even trying to do that. So you want to hang out? I'm like, no. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. Do you want to hang out? And I'm like, I don't want to, like, do that. I'm not trying to do that. Why would you even think that? I want to be there for you, and I want you to come to me with your pro What? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? Like, it, the, the gaslight flirt, I guess I would call it, mm -hmm. is, like, not my thing. But anyway, in Super Seducer 3, I think I would like to see... More bad advice. <laughs> um, not, I think, help with the pacing from that guy who did the Tinder pickup. Because I could tell he he tried. Yeah. He tried. It's just the pacing. I was like, dude, like, you're taking forever. I feel like the the acting in that section was just, like, the way that that whole thing was executed was just really rough. You know? Mm -hmm. Um because I, f I feel like what they what they did too much of was it's like, oh, like, I'll do this, and then they show the typing, and then they show the person, like, making faces about themselves typing, and then, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. When it's really just, like, just show it going back and forth, like, we can keep up. You, you know, know what I want? I want, him, I want, like, situations where he has to seduce his way out of being kidnapped or seduce his way. Like, he's a, he's a super spy, 
and he has to seduce his way out of a situation, you know? I think it would be really cool if it was, like, you know... Just really go for it. Super Seducer 3, you seduce your way through Congress, or, oh, like, you need to pick up a special... A lot of spy scenarios. No, no, no. I was going to say a spy scenario, like, that classic, like, there's the villain, and you have to, like, seduce the villain in order to, like, save the world. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This villain has you. They're doing their, like... Monologue? Their monologue, and you have to seduce them into letting you go free. Yeah. But you also still have to follow up on the sex, because then... Well, yeah, you made promises. Yeah, you made promises. And then you end up with the supervillain, and then you become a supervillain, too, because it's cool. Yeah, stuff like that. I want things where, what else? Ooh, you have to seduce, like you're robbing a bank, and the only weapon you have is your seduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you be, yeah, like you're held hostage or something, and you're like, I have to, like, find my way out of this. Yeah, I have to, sedu- seducing your way out of difficult scenarios. That's what I That's what see. Super Seducer 3 should be. Yeah, and how to pick people up on Twitter. Um, I want to see that cringe fest. So, is there, last question... Is there a game that you rage quit for a minor reason? A minor reason? Yeah. See, that's a big question because it's hard for me to think of something like that. Off yeah. The fly. I mean, I I could think of one for you if you want. Yeah, think of it for me. Because, um, like, I'm sure you remember better than me. I'm pretty sure you rage quit Mass Effect Andromeda because uh, they made bungles with the translation element. Well, okay. Because I rage quit because they disrespected every piece of lore in the Mass Effect universe. But the only piece you talked about was the translation thing. Also, the Salarian, the Salarian, um, just was just, that was the thing, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Because um, there would never be a Salarian secretary, a female Salarian secretary, unless, like, you can really, like, reach by being like, oh, maybe she wanted to make her own way off of her own merits instead of her gender or something. But female Salarians are at the top of their, like, socioeconomic thing because they're considered the leaders of the species. And I was but if like, they're with a bunch of aliens, then does that matter? She was a secretary to a male Salarian, and it was just like mm. seemed very strange to me. And also, like Krogan had canonically Turian face markings, <laughs> and PB had eyebrows, and I was like, why does she have eyebrows? They're just and that was like the, you're just trying to make her look more human, so she's more fuckable to humans, and I don't like that. When I'm in a space sim, I want to fuck people as alien as possible. She had eyebrows. Like, they were, like, semi-painted on, but not. Yeah. They, like, it was starting to annoy me by the end of Mass Effect 3. I when, mean, Liara when, had eyebrows. No, well, she had, look, she had them painted on. Yeah. But PB, she has, like, it more, like, uh, yeah, so if you look close. They also, okay. It just annoys me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, stop trying to make Asari look more human. I want them to look more alien. Why am I even here if I'm going to be just fucking blue girls? So wait, wait. You didn't like it because she has thicker eyebrows. Yeah, because it was ma- it was trying to make it more human. And I like the thing is, is about Mass Effect is that 
I want to fuck aliens. <laughs> it's either I want to fuck aliens. I would like everybody to go look up the difference between Liara and PB's eyebrows and tell me. I actually wasn't a fan of Liara's eyebrows either. And by the end of Mass Effect 3, she had eyelashes, and that pissed me off a lot. Because there's no reason for Liara to have eyelashes. I mean, she's wearing eyeliner in pretty much all of these. Yeah, it annoyed me. I can You can excuse it by her weird obsession with human culture, mm. but she there's no reason for her to have eyebrows. Because all, all of Asari face markings are uh, makeup, which they choose, and I accept that as what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and what's her face has eyebrows, too. Yeah, why? Why? You know why? To make us want to put our bodies on their bodies. Wait, so none of them should have any eyebrows? Yeah, they don't ha- they don't naturally have eyebrows. They but, have face markings. But I guess I'm saying like if like there's three examples of like main characters that have but eyebrows. But in Mass Effect 1, canonically, they have no reason to want to have eyebrows. Does that make sense? This makes sense to me, person who's r- I'm not going to justify this because but, eyebrows. But what you're no, no, okay. I understand what you're saying, but beauty standards have like no justification. That's the big problem that I have with this. Is that you're like, there's no reason for them to want it, but like, there's no reason for people to want. I think what it is is that I don't like that they that over the series they try to make the Asari look more and more human. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm here for aliens, and for some reason, when they try to make aliens or robots or whatever to look more and more human throughout the series or whatever, in order to to appease people, I'm like, this is where I draw the line. Mm. And it just bothers me. It's just something that bothers me. Mm. Just like how they made Femship's boobs bigger throughout the series. I understand why. And you can make canonical reasons like maybe she gained weight for X reasons. But they made her boobs bigger, and that bothered me too. <laughs> yeah. They broke a lot of canonical things, and I didn't like it. So, canonically, Asari shouldn't want to have eyebrows. Well, no. Asari can want whatever they want. I just think that I... it felt like it was a very human-centric ideal of beauty. when the Asari... But if they started it in Mass Effect 2, then it was in place for like almost the whole series. Never mind. I still feel like I feel how I feel, and other people can feel how they want to feel, but I just didn't like it. Yeah. It's just kind of like how they made Tally, Tally, um, her face like a, just a human face with wires on it. I mean, <laughs> that was that was like separate from like the actual in-game, right? No, like, that her was... picture was in the game. Oh yeah, but like I mean, but they didn't actually like do a model for her face. Yes. It's just, it, things like that, it bothers me. And I understand why it wouldn't bother other people. But to me... Well, the tally thing was bullshit because they used literally, like, a stock photo. And put land and, lines on it, and yeah. Put, like, yeah. That's, I feel like that's a little different than, like, you know... I, the thing that bothered me about that wasn't so much the stock photo, but it was just the fact that they basically took a beautiful human woman and put lines on her face. Mm-hmm. And I think the allure of Tally was that she was a truly alien person to me, at least. Even though she's got boob, yeah, even and though the body, she's human body, yeah. I just the concept of it, you know, 
Like, you don't know what she looks like, and what would she look like, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, she could have a then, Sarlacc pit down there. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's what the thing is. And the romance was, oh, we're sinking our suits together to make our germs line up. And I was like, that's so specifically romantic that I like it. Mm -hmm. And then they made her face very human, and that just kind of bummed me out. Mm -hmm. So... Which is why I like this one anime where a guy falls in love with a ten-story alien that has a tentacle that he talks to. And I was like, that's that's true human alien love. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I have ever... Like, when stuff like... Like, all the stuff that you're describing, like, when stuff like that happens in games or in shows, like, I don't... It just doesn't, like, phase me. As much, I guess, and that's okay. But to me, I've, I think it, I think what it is is that when people fall in love with quote unquote monsters, you know, the whole genre of like monster boyfriends and girlfriends, mm -hmm. I want people to like really fall in love with a monster, which is part uh. of the reason why I like the ancient magician's bride. Because he just literally has a wolf skull for a face. Yeah. And I, then there's a moment where he puts on, like, glamour, and she's like, I don't like it. It looks weird. The, the, yeah. I understand what you mean. Uh, but, like, you, the way you phrase that is that, like, you want other people to do what you want them to do. No, it just bothers me. And you're allowed to not agree. No, no, no. It's not that, like, I guess when, like, when stuff happens... And it's kind of like when stuff happens in movies, and I'm like, oh, like, that's dumb. Or, like, a character isn't the way... Like, I'm just kind of like, ah, that's stupid, and then I just move on. Like, I don't know. I feel like that stuff just doesn't really get to me. Stuff usually that gets to me, like, with games is, um, like, usually, like, mechanical stuff. But, like, I usually quit so far, like, before the point where I'm actually, like, rage quitting... I think I'm allowed to not like things for story reasons and not want to continue to do it because I feel like... No, no, no. I didn't say that you couldn't. Okay. Well, I feel like... I'm just uh, saying that that's not how I think. That's all. Yeah, but before you said I'm not allowing other people to not want it. But I said that, that's, like, it's okay. That's not what I said. Okay. Um, that you, you, the way you phrased it was that it bothers you that other people don't think the way you do. No, it because bothers want, me that they make create they create these things, and then they slowly make them more human. I guess that's why the reason I didn't like the storyline of the Geth from Mass Effect Two to Mass Effect Three, is that they changed the storyline from the Geth love being who they are mm. and being different, and then in Mass Effect Three it was taken over by a different writer. <laughs> it's like, and then they suddenly yeah. went from. We love being who we are, and we don't have any desire to be like you, and we feel like we're valid the way we are, to we want to be like you, and we feel the only way to be valid is to be like you. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the same feeling I get when they slowly make characters or species or things like that slowly more human in that they don't focus on the fact that being different is cool and good and can be beautiful in its own way. rather. But in order to get... People think, like, sometimes, like, 
writers think that in order for the audience to be more accepting of this very different species, you have to make them more human, but maybe you can just make them appreciate what makes them different. Mm -hmm. That's what I get bothered about, like the geth thing and stuff like that. Like, the geth didn't get the same kind of treatment as the rachni because it's almost impossible to make the rachni Human-like? Human-like, because they're giant psychic bugs. Yeah, the giant... And so they're just like, they died. They're giant psychic spiders. <laughs> yeah, giant psychic spiders, so they're like, and uh, the rachni died. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but you can make Legion more human, and mm -hmm. like, I didn't like that. The rachni giant psychic spiders are just as valid as humans, in my opinion. Mm. That's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Are there any other questions? Uh, no, that was it. All right. So, you guys ready? Are you ready to say goodbye? Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Bye.